0: You look tired. I don't sleep well anymore. Because of your mother? I don't know why I keep dreaming about her. Dreams pass in time. I'd much rather dream about Padme. Just being around her again is intoxicating. Be mindful of your thoughts, Anakin. They betray you. You've made a commitment to the Jedi Order, a commitment not easily broken.
1: Welcome to the Wampas Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Leclerc and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 294 balcony oh balcony because i felt like singing i'm as always one of your hosts jason hunt and with me the anakin skywalker and ahsoka tano to my obi-wan kenobi we have carla claire and katie horn oh
0: jason
2: (laughs) hi guys it's good to be back
0: (laughs) oh katie i'm so glad you're back so soon
2: yeah me too oh my gosh i'm so glad i'm ahsoka tano this time around (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, I could have
1: done the, you know, Darth Vader and Darth Maul to my Sidious, but I figured I'd save
0: that one for later. Oh. Yeah. No, I
2: like this one. It yeah. puts me and in a really good mood, like, we can conquer anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if you'd, if you'd made her Darth Maul right away, I don't think she'd be able to focus the rest of the episode. So. That is true. <laughs> that is no, I'd true. have
2: to go, like, kick down doors and be like, revenge!
0: Oh, yeah, she'd, she'd be destructive with joy. <laughs> As we've learned about you, Katie. <laughs> yes. Um, oh my gosh! And I, and I guess we should probably
1: say that technically this episode is going to be coming out like the first week of August, but we're recording this on the last day of July, so that's why Katie's on with us. So uh, it's the last week when we're rec- of, of the month when we're recording. So don't confuse us with details. I know we said last week of the <laughs> episode of the month, but we just want Katie on, so get get over it.
0: <laughs> so basically, Katie's going to be on twice in August.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um. So be you know, this I'm so excited about this episode. We are going to be talking about our favorite balcony scenes, and huge props to Katie for coming up with this topic because yes. <laughs> I have been loving on balcony scenes for years, and yet we've never sat down and focused on them. But thank the force for you, Katie. We're like oh, Katie. Yeah. What would you like to do for your first episode? And you were like, how about balconies? And I was like, excuse me for a moment. I just died of joy. <laughs> <laughs> excuse, was like, Carl, excuse Carl for a moment. He had to walk
1: out of the room and destroy something. He was yes. so happy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've already become a corrupting influence on you. I love it. love it. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, we gotta. Because you basically ever since you know I found out how much you just love balconies, I was talking about it on Twitter. I was like, you know what? i love balconies too so many of my favorite scenes take place on balconies and i just overflow with love for them
0: (laughs) you don't need an excuse there's so many good ones and also katie like took the time and you all don't need to know this but you do need to know this because (laughs) you deserve a glimpse behind the curtain We've only had like Katie formally part of the show for like a few weeks now, and she kindly took the time to put together this great list of all the balcony scenes from every Star Wars film, timestamps and everything, so that we would have a master list to go by. So that's how awesome Katie is as a podcasting <laughs> yeah. co-host.
1: Oh, as, as, as she called it, it was hashtag balcony watch. <laughs> ah, I love that too, that was- yeah.
2: <laughs> that was exactly it. Over the weekend, I sat down with all the Star all the Star Wars movies, except Solo. Unfortunately, don't own it yet, but I knew what the balcony season was in that one. But I sat down with all the ones that I had available and did hashtag Balcony and wrote down every single balcony scene with a little timestamp for easy reference. Wait, because did you
0: watch I'm cool all like of that. the films? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is well, intense. You-
2: <laughs> well, it was, yeah, it was definitely, it was, um, it was an a bridge because I was like, okay, at the beginning of a scene, is there a balcony in the scene? No, skip to the next scene. Got it. it was like that. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't a, uh, a full marathon. Though I did do that before Solo, before Solo came out. I was like, I need to see, I, I just do it before every new Star Wars movie. I'm like, I gotta, gotta cleanse that palate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. So, yeah, there. So that is what we'll obviously be talking about in this particular episode is just our favorite balcony scenes. Many there may be. And I'm very ecstatic for one to talk about these. And if you're a longtime listener, probably a lot of what I'll say, you're going to not be surprised by. But I don't care. Um, I'm interested (laughs) what you two have to say about balcony scenes. Because, you know, Jason, we've never talked about this specifically, so I'm curious about yours. And Katie, I'm always curious about your take. So yeah. I'm really looking <laughs> well, forward to it.
1: One thing, I, one thing I will say, because Carl puts his notes on our Google Drive, I got a sneak peek at him. Yeah, so I, I, write at Jason, um, look, I write mine. Don't look. Spoiler alert,
0: Jason. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, so I have an idea of what Carl's thinking about. But all my notes are in bullet point f- form on my legal pad, which Ooh. don't end up on the computer. <laughs> so I what I will say... Is you are really going to be able to get a glimpse into how Carl and I both love Star Wars so much, but in very but come at it from very different ways from our list today. So it's going to be really fun. Uh, so
0: always a nice reminder of why I love
1: you. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was my charming personality.
0: Well, um, that two things goes,
2: can be true. Two things yeah, can yes, be true. That is,
0: thank you, Katie. <laughs> Um. So last week we we uh, shared with you all the poll for next episode, which would be this week's episode. Yep. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> we both forgot to put it up. So apologies. Uh, yeah. Um, so we'll remind you at the end of the episode as well. But the next poll, which we will get to next episode, is your favorite musical moment in Force Awakens. So apologies. We forgot to post it. I re- honestly did remember it halfway through today. But I was like, well, this only gives people like a few hours before we record. So let's just wait and do it next week. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely get that out for you for for next week's episode. So, Katie, sorry you're not going to participate on air with it.
2: So I know, biggie.
0: She's like, I hate you guys. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: done. I'm out. Podcast canceled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, let's oh, do man. it. Let's... I'm so
1: glad. I'm so glad the three of us actually have so much fun talking about Star Wars together oh, because yeah, it's – me too. Otherwise, I mean, I don't know, but this is just Please. so much fun. This is just so much fun. I don't <laughs> – we don't even need to be talking about Star Wars and we'd have so much
0: fun. But I'm so glad we are talking about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, um, same. Well, let's not waste any time. Let's, I want to talk some balconies. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: and we're doing things a little bit differently than normal. We're not doing a top five, which essentially is a top seven whenever we do those because we always have honorable mentions. We, we did limit ourselves to just our our top four moments. I don't have any honorable mentions because I, I, I stayed faithful to that. Um. Mm-hmm so uh, because there are three of us and we don't want this to be a three-hour podcast exactly (laughs) we we have already learned that all of us love to talk star wars obviously um so a lot (laughs) for the sake of this was your idea katie i want you to i want you to kick the party off where where are we going first where are you taking us where is our first balcony voyage in this balcony watch
2: I gotta stay on brand. We're gonna we're gonna go straight to the Phantom Menace, and we're going to go to uh, uh, Tatooine is sparsely populated. If the trace is correct, I will find them quickly, Master.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Move uh, against the
2: Jedi first. You will then have no difficulty in taking the Queen back to Naboo I've to sign to the, treaty. the treaty. Yeah. <laughs> At last, we'll reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we'll have revenge.
1: You have been well trained, my young apprentice. There will have been no match for you.
2: Ah oh! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. That is just Probably my favorite balcony, let's be real. Um, gosh, the, the scenery is so beautiful in that one, isn't it? Like it's it's not real to me that they're standing on a green screen. I can't accept it. In my brain, just it doesn't line up to be all like, wait, they're not actually standing on top of a huge building overlooking this cityscape. That's just that's not real to me. They are actually there. I I reject your reality that they're standing on a green screen. Reject that. <laughs> And except the Star Wars reality <laughs> that's on screen. <laughs>
0: that's um, awesome. Yeah, what is it about this this particular scene that strikes you so much? I mean, besides the obvious that it's Darth Maul.
2: Oh, yeah. Obvious, obviously, yeah. It's um, what, what grabs me is that it's a Maul scene, and it's a very rare Darth <laughs> Maul speaking scene. He doesn't get very many of those in The Phantom Menace. Uh, we don't have Sam Witwer yet, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Um gosh, this this scene also by the way was my first 100 or 280 character tweet. Remember when they upped the Twitter limit <laughs> how many characters you could have? Yes. Everybody would post like, you know, these long quotes and I was like, I wonder if this scene is 280 characters and it is.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing that you decided um, to be that. Let that be your test.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Oh, it was so good. I love. I don't know. It's a very. It is a very Sith moment. It's you know they're they're plotting and Sidious uh, is validating Maul in a weird way that we that we so rarely see. You know he's telling him that he is well trained and he will take down the Jedi and you know, that's that's exceedingly rare. It's it's the first and only time really we'll ever see uh, Sidious um, talk to Maul that way. And uh, and then of course it just it makes their their goals very clear and that's nothing less than the destruction of the Jedi and and I I don't know I'm drawn to it it's dark and creepy and cool it's everything I love about Darth Maul honestly. <laughs>
0: uh, what a awesome. yeah what a great scene I I I don't have it on my list so I want to just say a few quick things yeah which is like. Yeah, it's such a good little creepy scene, which, by the way, is like kind of few and far between in Star Wars, right? Like, It's not known for being creepy or this kind of dark. And mm-hmm. I really like it. And we finally, also chronologically, well, well, I was going to say it's the first time we see Coruscant, but I always forget that the we get the little shot of it at the end of the special edition of Return of the Jedi. Um, but it is, it's just this great scene where you have the villains finally face-to-face kind of... Talking through their plan and knowing that everything that's going on is being manipulated by these two, Um, specifically Sidious, but um, he's about to unleash his hell dog kind of on the galaxy, which is just so great. You know, that last line of, you know, you've been well trained, there'll be no match for you. It's just like, wow, like you're going to reveal yourself to this massive publicly sanctioned Jedi order with one mad dog, like yeah, that's a lot of confidence that Sidious has in Maul.
2: Yeah. It's cause, cause he is, I think people, you know, they kind of take for granted just how powerful and just exceptionally well trained Maul is. He, he is this apex predator where no matter what you do or where you go, he is going to hunt you down and he is going to kill you. And, and when he faces Qui-Gon Jinn for that first time, he, destroys him. Qui-Gon yeah. has, has nothing, he can't do anything except run away, because Maul, you know, if if, the, if they fought that battle through to the end, Maul absolutely would have won. We saw that on Naboo. And then Maul even wins against Obi-Wan, pushes him down into that pit. Obi-Wan only really gets out of that because he pulls something completely unexpected. Um, so, yeah, Maul is just so powerful and has no doubt that Maul is going to succeed, and that's, that's tremendous. Um, I also, like, it always... Blows my mind to think about how they're meeting at Sidious's apartment because that's the same balcony that we see behind Padme when she makes it at last to Coruscant, and I just I think about like Palpatine like changing into his Sith robes, <laughs> waiting out there for Maul. You're late. Maul shows
0: up. I was on a date, Master, <laughs> with Katie.
2: <laughs> and Sidious is like, oh, her again.
1: Uh, you should. Dip- You should not do this. She tweets in all caps. There's no way she can keep this a secret.
2: Um, (laughs) My bae gonna reveal himself to the Jedi. At last he's gonna have (laughs) revenge.
0: He's calling me your bae.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know it.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I have some thought on
1: this scene, but... I'm going to save them until later.
2: Ooh, okay. All right. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. So, should I go next? Absolutely. Take uh, it. I think, I think I should go next. We should oh. save oh, okay. the, the ultimate balcony person here <laughs> for last.
0: All right. That's um, yeah.
2: I, yeah, you should get the final word on balcony.
0: I mean, if you insist. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, Jason, aside. you are so um, beautiful.
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> thank you um, <laughs> all right um, my my number four pick here uh, is going to be from the end of Attack of the Clones and this is a balcony ish scene um, because there is a balcony in it we see the balcony uh, but this is going to be where Palpatine, Bail Organ and the Senators are watching the assembling clone army mm-hmm. um, there are no words in this scene whatsoever but I think the closing montage for Attack of the Clones is one of the strongest, um, in my opinion, and a lot of that stems from this scene. Uh, and I love, love this scene because it says so much because they're, uh, the army is assembling there on Coruscant. The, the, the galaxy has been at peace for a thousand years, and now all of a sudden there's this massive army right outside the Senate building – assembling and marshalling for war and you've got chancellor palpatine and his closest um associates there surveying this palpatine looks to be you know not necessarily pleased the fact they're going to war but welcoming this as a triumph you know as as we're going to to survive this we're going to make this work he seems to be you know Exuding that figurehead sort of mentality, and everyone is you know dutifully following behind him, except for Bail Organa, who realizes just the severity and the the cliff that the Republic has fallen off with this. And he has that one little moment where he just you know drops his head and punches the the railing there ever so slightly, and it says so much um, because this is the tipping point the first domino has fallen and the republic will inevitably fall from this point on the the final play hasn't been made the you know f- the closing moves are still far in the future but those moves are inevitable from this point forward this is the fall of the of the republic nobody knows it yet but this is where it fell so i love this scene so much and the music is fantastic so yeah, and the visuals are amazing, um, and the fact that you can tell so much without any dialogue is one of my favorite things. When you do that right, I, and this scene does that for me, so yeah, it's my is my number four.
0: I love it.
2: Yeah, gosh, yeah, it's just it. It is such a brief scene, but it's so powerful. As you say, it just it hits me <laughs> way down deep. It's like. Gosh, every everything you just said, except you said it way better than me. <laughs> Where I'm just thinking, you know, yeah, this is the fall of the republic, and and everybody, everybody's acting like this is a good thing. This is a power move, you know. But everything in the music and Bail Organa in the foreground, just looking so defeated, that's telling you, like, no, this is this is not this isn't good, and and nobody wants nobody wants to believe that it's not good except for people like bale and and padme you know padme from her very first scene was like i will i will not condone a course of action that will lead us to war and here is like republic sanctioned war the republic is for this the republic you know thinks this is necessary we need it and and but war is just going to bring you know death and downfall and it's going to be so awful and <laughs> It it really is, you know, the shadow of the dark side has fallen, as Yoda says right before this scene and it's uh, it's it's powerful. I
1: love I love attack of the clones you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, I have thought about this scene so much because I love attack of the clones so much. So, and, yeah. Uh
0: anyways, Carl? Yeah. You have <laughs> any thoughts? Uh, I nothing beyond what the two of you've said, which is what's great about having two hosts now. I won't have to say as much. Um <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I love that you've you know, you've picked this right because so many of the balcony scenes essentially are driven by the dialogue, they They're driven by the discourse between the characters. This is the one that's definitely not. It's all just a visual scene. And I like that you highlighted that point, Jason, you know, th- that it's uh, like you said, Katie, you know, it's being it's it's really the music that's telling us the story. And it's the Imperial March, right? Like yeah. that is going to hearken yeah. to all of us like this is not a good thing. This is the rise of the stormtroopers, the imperial army, right? And watching the two really main characters on that balcony of both Bale and Palpatine, Palpatine doesn't necessarily look like he's not like happy and celebrating, but he's standing there with, you know, the way his shoulders are kind of back and his chest is out and, and bumped up. Like, this is a proud moment for the Supreme Chancellor, right? Like, these are now at his command. But then you've got Bale there in the background, you know, with that simple little – I'm so curious whether that was something directed by George or maybe just Jimmy Smits came up with. I feel like it would have been in the direction. I don't know. Um, well, I, I think I think
1: George would have probably said, oh, well, we need you to, to look, you know, discouraged or something yeah. and, <laughs> and, you know. And that's probably all Jimmy Smith's got, and so that's what he did, um, right? Because I feel like I feel like the the uh, inclination to
0: punch the the railing is an actor's
1: thing and not a director's yeah. thing. Sure, sure so. I agree.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, but it's so it's so good. I mean, it's yeah. it's so indicative. This is a man who realizes this is not good.
2: I right. I I also love it just for this. Um, you know, this it's a very Star Wars theme for for. You know, light and dark rise up out of each other, and our republic became an empire, which became a first order, which could then maybe become something good again. You know how these things rise up into each other, and this was the moment that made it clear to me that the empire was once something else. It was once our republic, and what was once good turned bad can turn good again just like anakin i love how Mm. anakin's journey is echoed in the downfall of the republic it's it's just it all thematically ties in so well together i think it's so well written and so well you know uh performed here um it's a beautiful scene it's a good pick jason well thank (laughs) you really really good pick
1: (laughs) all right carl wow us
0: with your your first uh balcony pick here well we're gonna stay on coruscant um, there's a lot of great balconies on Coruscant. Um, uh, there's quite a few. We're going and we're gonna return to the great Phantom Menace, and it's the moment with Qui Gon, Qui yeah, Gon yeah. and Obi Wan, on the Jedi Temple balcony. It's it not not as quite of an exposed balcony as we've had so far, but I love this scene between Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Um, do not defy the master. Do not defy the Council master. Not again. Audition. I would do what I
1: must, Obi Wan.
0: Oh, so good. And, right, there's this moment where they're discussing Anakin, obviously. And mm-hmm. what I love in this moment is it, it's it's the first real powerful m- instance where you see the difference between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. I mean, throughout the film, it's been very clear the kind of Jedi Qui-Gon is, right? The, the fact that he's the maverick Jedi. That simple line of, I will do what I must, Obi-Wan, it's, it's so clear that Qui-Gon doesn't care about the approval of the council. He doesn't care about the being in the popular opinion. Qui-Gon's only concern is the will of the living force. That's it. Whereas you have Obi-Wan. I don't think Obi-Wan's a bad Jedi, but he is very much a Jedi council Jedi, right? That he does care He's about the dogma. by the book. The, yeah. He cares about yeah. the rules, the dogma. And there's even even just if you watch their body language in the scene, and, and both Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor are phenomenal actors. Um, there's just the way Qui Gon moves in the scene; he's so relaxed and at ease. And you know, Anakin will be a Jedi. You know, like he's just so confident because he really sincerely believes this is the will of the Force. But watch Obi Wan; he is rigid, even the way he's walking, the way he holds himself. Then you got that beautiful moment where. Qui-Gon just puts his hands on Obi-Wan's shoulder. Um, and does he say... What does he say? Oh, I don't remember. This is awful.
2: You still have much to learn, my young apprentice.
0: Thank you, Katie. You're welcome. That's it. And also, that is a beautiful shot, too, because you've got this... They're standing in the light <gasps> of this beautiful big sun. Yes. And and again, George is such a great visual storyteller. Like you just indicated with your last moment, Jason. Um mm. And you've got these two Jedi Knights standing in the light of the sun in the Jedi Temple, right? It's kind of indicative of the state still of the galaxy. The galaxy is still living in the light. Um, It is a sunset, though. True. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There's even a little bit more
1: foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And to to be fair, Katie, your first point there, even earlier in the film, is another – balcony scene but notice when that one plays out it's at night right yeah the evil always schemes at night right that's such a mythological tale and then you've got these heroes standing in the waning light in a way trying to cling to it um so it's just this beautiful moment that i I really love that that highlights the two characters and qui-gon is constantly pushing obi-wan to trust more in the living force and um I really hope that the uh, Claudia Gray novel we're getting, which I don't know when we're getting it, but the Master and Apprentice novel, I really hope that it does explore oh, yeah. the the mission to Mandalore and we get to see Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon interact around the character of Satine and uh, that's that's just... Uh, yes. So, yeah, <laughs> yes. That's yes. my oh, first company scene.
1: Uh, uh, the announcement that we got that, that we're getting that as a novel makes me so happy because we need more Qui-Gon in our Star Wars. Anything yes, to get yes. more Qui-Gon in our Star Wars is a good thing. Uh, and so, yeah, the, uh, Qui-Gon and obi Wan story uh, in novel form is going to make me so very happy.
2: Same. I'm I very invested in that relationship, in the Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan relationship. I, I love, um, you know, putting together the pieces that will form Old Ben Kenobi because, you know, I've always had such admiration for Old Ben Kenobi. Like, who didn't, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> right. And... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no worries. It's just um, and, and I feel like a part of this book really speaks to the part of me that's still 14 years old and reading the Jedi Apprentice series. From, oh yes, uh, yeah, the Jude Watson ones yes. <laughs> from like from the early aughts. Yeah, and I'm just like, I mean, I know that this novel isn't going to be anything like that, but I'm like, I, I'm like, what what if what if it is like those novels, but for grown up me instead of 14 year old <laughs> me? I'm very excited about that. <laughs>
1: Uh, but to get back to to the balcony scene, Carl, um, yeah. and to pick up on something you said, Katie, this is showing us how much like Qui Gon Obi Wan becomes mm-hmm. because when he is old Ben, he's much. More in the vein of a Qui-Gon Jinn than he is when he's in the Phantom Menace, um, and so you're right. This is a, this is a great scene to really highlight the dichotomy, the the difference between these two Jedi, and how well they are able to work together, um, respectfully, you know, even though they disagree. Because Obi Wan is like, I mean, come on. If you just follow the rules, you'd be on the council. You'd be well respected. You know, we we wouldn't have to keep you know getting shut you know shoved off into the corner because you defied the council again and they can't have someone doing that sitting on the council um and Qui-Gon's like I don't care about all that yeah. I care about the will of the force and what's right and so he's gonna do that um and and that is such a very interesting dynamic and dogma because it also helps to hi- highlight excuse me why the Jedi order did not survive the Clone Wars yeah yeah, um, you know, if if we had a council full of Qui Gon um <laughs> I think things would have turned out much much differently. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I do love this balcony scene um, for the content and obviously for the visuals. The visuals are just absolutely stunning.
0: So good pick, Carl. Yeah, thank you. So we bring it back to you, Katie. Where are we going next on our balcony journey?
2: Mm, I. I really want to talk about the Jin and krennic scene from rogue one at the very end um it's it's not quite a balcony but it's a balcony in my heart so that's that's what matters
0: <laughs> 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 i shall do what i must wampus lair <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs> not again don't don't defy your co-host not again <laughs>
1: <laughs> we do that all the time have you listened to our top fives well this is going to be cheating but you exactly. know <laughs>
0: Be like top five scenes, and Jason will be like, "Well, it's really all of the last hour of Attack of the Clones." Like, That's not yeah, a exactly. scene, Jason. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> That's <laughs> Half
2: the movie, Jason. <laughs> well,
1: but I'm not lying. <laughs> Anyways, but, uh, go
2: ahead. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I love, I just adore that that final confrontation between Jin and Krennic because of Jin's uh, declaration of self. You know, she hmm. she spent this whole movie. Uh, you know, hiding Jin Erso. She, she begins the movie calling herself what, Leanna or something like that. Uh And uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, she, she's just keeping her head down and not being her father's daughter or her mother's daughter. um, You know, she, she's being a different person because she would rather be a different person alive than, than her, than Jin Erso and dead. But, standing in front of krennic she says you know who i am i'm jen urser daughter of lira and galen she, you know she claims all of that identity and then krennic tells her that you know none of this is mattered. it always lost his time and she is going to die with the rebellion and in a way that's true but mm. except the rebellion doesn't die that day and she lives on it in that spirit. You know, what, what what is it they've brought us? Hope. She, I think she lives on with the rebellion in that way. And so I think it, this is a really good scene. I like it a lot. <laughs> I like it very good.
0: Yeah. It really is. And also, you know, her line of you've lost, right? Both Galen mm-hmm. and Lyra have said earlier, right? Lyra's the first to say, you'll never win. Then Galen says the same thing on Edu. And now you have Jin doesn't go with that. She just says it point blank, you've lost. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, this is, you know, this is up there with the I am a Jedi like my father before me. And that's that, that mm-hmm. whole sense of like claiming one's identity. Um, and I, I love it too. You know, I, I I don't quite see it as a balcony seat. And I'm not saying that as like to be rude, Katie. I, I love <laughs> that you put fine. it on there. Yeah. And, I, and it's such a good moment to talk about. Um, but in a way, it's just as poignant as any balcony scene in Star Wars because it's so much about revealing character, right? Mm. And it reveals to the epi- to the, the the pinnacle point for Jin's character of saying yes to everything that came before. She has accepted her past, brought it into her present and used it to change the future, right? Like that is mm-hmm. the true depth of her growth. Um and it is. It's a, it's such a beautiful and powerful moment. And let's not forget our good Bay Cassian coming. Yeah. Coming up here. Oh God. Like and then like my favorite romantic scene that I don't know if it's meant to be romantic of them that the most like beautiful elevator ride in all of Star Wars. Um, yes. So. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad look, they didn't kiss, by the way. I know damn, this is, now I'm just off topic, but yeah, but, I'm no, but so. but what is
2: that about? Because I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I remember watching that scene the first time I saw it, you know, and, they, and they're in that elevator. It's a very beautiful moment. They're looking soulfully into each other's eyes and then they don't kiss. And I just thought, oh, perfect. Yeah. They didn't kiss. That's perfect. Yes. What is? I don't get it, well, but it's not, it is. Yeah,
0: it's,
1: and then, it's, not, and then, a, it's not about that, right? Yeah, and they yeah. continue yeah. that when they're sitting there on the beach watching the mushroom cloud come toward them. They don't kiss. They turn to each other, but they don't kiss. They
0: just hug, and they yeah. hold each other tight. And that's all they need. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. a human connection.
0: To, oh, man. I'm, I'm yeah. sensing another episode coming where we can do el- <laughs> elevator. El- elevator rides. you <laughs> of- <laughs> Yeah. Last Jedi, where I really wanted Ray to kiss Kylo. Oh, so same.
2: I can help you. Kiss him! Kiss him! Just kiss him, yeah. That'll just, help. I'm on the light side now. Yeah. Leia, your baby boy's coming home. Yeah. I just a girl! <laughs> oh my god.
1: And, and here we, we go to elevator scenes, and I immediately jump to Revenge of the Sith. Always on the move. Always on the move. You know... <laughs> And y'all are are just going to Last Jedi and the romantic stuff and then the Cassian stuff. I'm like, always on the move. (laughs) (laughs) Shows where my brain goes. Um, Um, Anyway.
2: But yes, no. uh, uh, um, It is very good when when Krennic says, and you die with the rebellion. And then Cassian just behind him. Pew, pew. Nope. (laughs) You're out.
1: You're done.
2: You're done, Krennic. Done.
1: Uh, I... (laughs) i don't have a lot to say about this scene um i do love it but i and i'm glad that we've highlighted it here but there's there's just it's really just the culmination of everything here we uh, Jin has finally given herself completely completely to a cause which she never did before this
0: movie
1: Mm -hmm. um not only has she given herself over to a cause but she's given herself back to her identity Mm -hmm. she's Opened herself back up, reasserted that identity, and I, and I love that that we can connect that back to Return of the Jedi, um, and that that statement of identity that you know I'm a Jedi like my father before me. I am I'm, I'm Jin, daughter of Lyra and Galen Erso, um, and I think that elevates the scene too. And you know, yeah. then you got Krennic there, who's I just love Krennic. Can we all yes. just like
0: raise our hands and say I love Krennic? Um, I love I, Krennic. <laughs> yeah. uh, my my friend Ben was over tonight, and his he and his son are going for their their first celebration ever, the one in Chicago in April. And his son made this great zuckus costume. He's a huge zuckus fan. And my friend Ben's like, I really want to make a Krennic costume. And Do my it. my yeah. friend Greg and I just looked at him. And we're like, you have to. You um, have to. He the cape is Krennic. so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man. But, you know, yes. one thing real quick that I was thinking when you were just talking about the identity stuff again, Jason, the thing with Jin here, too, right, is she accepts the responsibility of what her past holds. And I think that's also a huge part of what it means for Luke's moment there, too, right, is he's accepting responsibility for who Anakin was and is trying to do right by it. Jin, by claiming her her actual name and who she's the daughter of... She's taking responsibility for everything her father was involved in in the sense of trying to redeem it. you know, I mean Galen <laughs> himself was trying to do that as well, um but she's gonna she's gonna f- finish that work and same the same with Luke, right like he's gonna finish the work in a way, right like um I like that because both those moments. Are about taking responsibility, which again is an important part of growth. Is taking responsibility for sometimes what comes before you, even if you weren't directly responsible for it, but taking responsibility to make it better. Um, yeah. yeah. So, great stuff. Good one. Good one. Good pick, Katie. So, yeah, Jason, thanks. we're going from the battle-driven, the battle-riddled gangplanks <laughs> and balconies of Scarif Base to where? Well, we're gonna go to a
1: nice little treehouse in the forest. Um, we're, I'm calling this scene "Family Ties," um, and uh, this is gonna be where where Luke reveals to Leia that they're related, that Vader is his father, and by extension, her father. You know, I love this scene so much. There is so much good stuff because this 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 helps us put the picture together. Luke has solved the puzzle. And now he's like, this is the reality of it. And he's like, we were saying earlier, this is where he he takes the responsibility um, for his family. You know, I'm strong in the force. I have, my father has it. I have it. And then he, my sister has it, you know, and, and Leia has to realize that there's a whole other side to who she is that she's never tapped into but it makes sense you know it, she gives the the line of you know i know somehow i've always known which little cheesy but you know mm-hmm. it, it works because it's star wars and star wars is a little cheesy so exactly yeah get over it folks. <laughs> um, but i i love this scene because this is a scene where luke really gets to demonstrate how much he's grown from that whiny farm boy on Tatooine. I was going to go to Tatooine station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> and to where he says, if I don't make it back, you're the only hope for the Alliance. You know. and And he's grown so much. And we get to see not only the Jedi he's become, but the man he's become. And how he's accepted... All of his past and is going to move forward with what he believes to be the right path to do that. And then we get to see a rare vulnerable scene with Leia. Because Leia's got this hard exterior, this Teflon exterior, which is by design. And since she is one of the strongest characters in Star Wars ever, it's not surprising. Uh, But we get to see a very rare vulnerable moment with her which I think is very important to her. And so there's just a whole lot that goes on in the scene and then of course it ends with you know her interaction with Han and and how he's willing to be okay with not being completely in the know and just be there for Leia. Um, which is also a growth moment for him. And so there's just a lot that's sort of coming together in this scene and I just love it. So and and if you and if you have having a scene up in the trees in a treehouse, you know, city. I mean, that's kind of cool too. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> you could be so lucky, honestly. <laughs> right, right. So
1: yeah, that, that's that's my my you
0: know my second pick here. What a good pick! Yeah, I love this moment. Um, like you said, it, it' so vulnerable for Leia, and so it, it, I think too. Like this is a really powerful scene. That informs Last Jedi, um, right? Like, and what I mean by that is, right? There, there's still a lot of folks that are very upset with the the notion that Luke would run off uh, for whatever reason. Um, But I think this is the moment where that's exactly what Leia tells him to do, right? Like, he's here, he's looking (laughs) for me. Well, then run away, hide, you know. Like she doesn't encourage him to confront him, or like we'll go get him together. Her immediate reaction is go hide somewhere, yeah. right? So this then notion, run. run
1: away, far away. If he can sense you, then leave this place.
0: <laughs> I wish I could go with you. No, you no, don't. Always been strong. Why must you confront him? Um, yeah, it's such a good moment because it, I like it a lot too because it. it it shows that Luke has grown beyond his masters, right? Both yeah. to be fair, Yoda never says he has to destroy Vader. Only Obi-Wan says that Yoda just yeah. says you have to confront him. Yoda doesn't give any stipulations as to what that confrontation must, must look like and how the, it must turn out. Obi-Wan's the one that says like, you have to destroy him. Here is Luke again, in kind of a Qui-Gon mode of just trusting the living force, which is, In his gut, deep in his heart, he knows it means I have to confront him and try to redeem him. Or die trying. And that's essentially what he says delay when he leaves, like I'm gonna do this or die trying. Therefore, you need to know the truth about who you are, because if I don't make it back, you're the only hope. Um So it's a great, great moment. Um and then of course followed up with Han, you know, like I just oh God, I just I totally get Han, like, being that kind of, like, annoyed, significant other of, like, fine, you want to tell me right now? Fine. What- whatever then. But then immediately being like, well, I'm being a jerk right now. This isn't about me. This is about her. So I'm going to come back and be there for you. Um, so it's a nice little moment for Han because I bet you, you know, the post, the pre-Leia Han would never do this with a woman, right? Um, <laughs> but this shows how much he He'd be, he'd he'd be like, Kira, Get a hold of yourself, you know. I think he'd do it with Kira because he deeply loved her. But I feel like, right. um, you know, this Post- shows... kira pre-Leia. None of right. this would have happened. Yeah. This, this, whole, this scene is all about the growth of our big three. Luke's growth, yeah. right? Now he is very much his own Jedi Knight who knows what to do, not afraid to do it. Leia, who's not afraid to be vulnerable and accept the fullness of her past, um, which is a scary notion. And then you've got Han who shows that he's able to care even if he doesn't know everything. Um, yeah. Right. So it's, it's this, this really poignant moment where, for all we know, it's the last moment where all the three are, are going to be around each other, potentially. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad you picked it, Jason.
2: Oh, yeah. me too.
0: Do you have any thoughts on it, Katie? Uh,
2: well, of course, you know, we can't forget how the scene starts. You know, Leia, do you remember your mother? Your real uh, mother, <sighs> only a little bit. She died when I was very young. What do you remember? She was very beautiful, kind, but sad. Why are you asking me this? I have no memory of my mother. Just, <laughs> Padme, <laughs>
0: Padme, <laughs>
2: I, I do. I love the, yeah, the vulnerability here. You know, Luke has spent two and a half movies now, you know, talking about his father and no word about his mother. And, you know, if, if you didn't know how the series was going to turn out, maybe you would have thought that he did know who his mother was. You know, maybe she wasn't a mystery to him and she died on Tatooine. You know, his father was the big mystery, you know, oh he, he was a spice dealer, you know, whatever. Um but in this navigator one navigator and a spice freighter. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, spice freighter. <laughs> <writer. laughs> and we find out, um, no, he has no memory of her and that's so profoundly sad. And I and I like the idea that, you know, he's about to drop this bombshell on Leia but she knows something he doesn't know. <laughs> he, you know, he she can reveal something to him as well. And it's this impression that she has of their mother and what she was like. And it's a it's a vague portrait, but it's a, a very real one, if you ask me. It, I I could see Padme in 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 this in this idea that she was kind but sad. And and you know, if you haven't seen the prequels, it, when you're watching this movie, you do get the idea that you know the. Luke and Leia's mother must have been sad, <laughs> you know, knowing what happened to to Anakin. So it's it's just it's very beautiful and it's it's very touching. It's it it is a this whole scene from where it begins with Luke and Leia to where it ends with Leia and Han. It, it's a huge moment for all three of these characters, and and uh, yes, I agree. It's a very good pick. Very very good.
1: No yeah. no. Yeah. All right, Carl, <laughs> give us your next one. All right, well,
0: I'm going to take us from the incense, smoke-filled beauty of Bright Tree Village back to the sexy balconies of Coruscant for Ooh. a moment in Attack of the Clones between Obi-Wan and Anakin, <laughs> which is... The... Sexy balcony scene, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Got it. <laughs> yes. You look tired. I just,
1: just wanted to clarify. All right.
0: Yeah, and it's it's the the scene that we used to, at the top of the show here, Um you know, where they're talking about Anakin's dreams and Anakin's uh, revealing to Obi-Wan that he's been having these incredibly powerful dreams about his mother. Right. Um, and Obi-Wan's obviously aware that something's been going on with Anakin and his feelings about his mother. Right. Like I don't sleep well anymore because of your mother, you know? Um, and it's almost like, and listen, I mean, Obi-Wan's response sucks. Um, dreams <laughs> pass some time. Great! Thank you for Straight literally up. no help. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Carl. Yeah, like, you're
2: just speaking right out of my own heart is what you're doing.
0: <laughs> like I love Obi Wan, but he fails hard in this scene.
2: Um, yeah. that's the actual worst.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and like and so in Obi Wan's defense, I don't. Yeah. He can't relate, right? Like he literally yeah. can't. He's n- he has no idea what it's like to have a mother because he was taken when he was so young, like every other Jedi Knight. Um, so. So to be fair to Obi-Wan, yes, it makes sense that he doesn't. But still, even as like a master and as a mentor figure, that's all you got? Dreams pass in time?
2: Yeah, you'll Come. get over it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's essentially what it is. It, it's. Yeah. I don't think it's Obi-Wan trying to be rudely dismissive. It's That's just the extent of what he's got. Um by the way, fun side story, which I know I've told in the past, but in case you're a newer listener and Katie, you may not have heard this. That was yeah. my my senior quote in the yearbook was dreams pass in time and all you're left with is being awake. I added that <laughs> second part because I thought it made me sound cool and original, but I was like, nope. This oh, I is love it. Still <laughs> stupid. Nope. I still got a perm because of this movie and made up this stupid quote. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the moment. Uh, but I really like it because it shows... Um, Kind of like my first one, you know, that moment with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan shows kind of a dichotomy of those characters. Here we get the dichotomy of these characters. Obi-Wan, a lifelong Jedi who's always kind of played by the rules of the Jedi Code, very much about non-attachment. And then you've got Anakin revealing these very human emotions for a a mother. Obi-Wan doesn't know how to respond. And then notice how Anakin immediately changes the conversation to who he'd rather be dreaming about. Oh, sure, I like my pad, mate. I want her on this balcony to <laughs> dance with me. Get out of here, Obi-Wan. Don't you watch <laughs> this? Anyway, Um, like, he just... Oh, my gosh. I love it. Part, part of he, Yeah, yeah, that's why it sucked. Um, <laughs> So, I think, though, like, think of, like, you know, Anakin is, like, he's... He's an older teenager, but he's still a teenager. Who now he's just disgruntled with his parental unit. So what does he do? He like does something to rile him up. Um, I mean, I th- I don't think he's lying about these feelings about Padme. But it's like, fine, you don't want to help this. Well, let me get you, you know, heated about something. So he reveals these feelings for Padme and Obi Wan, right? The good Jedi that he is. You know, you've made a commitment to the Jedi Order, a commitment not easily broken, um, and. Anakin just doesn't care. And the thing, and I remember we talked about this a long time ago on one episode, Jason. I don't even remember what the context was, but um, how this is kind of an opportunity for Obi-Wan to share his story about Satine. But I think it's in some ways in Obi-Wan's mind, he chooses not to share that because I think Obi-Wan knows it would be a way of encouraging those feelings for Anakin. Right. If Anakin right. heard that story now in this moment on that balcony and it could be like, wait a minute, you basically know what I'm feeling like. So you get it. You know that I want to be with her. Right. So he chooses not to tell him that story. By the way, I did just happen to watch the Mandalore arc from season two this morning, which I love. Right. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll handle this. Uh, Obi-Wan, you go find your girlfriend. Uh, OK, Anakin, uh, Anakin, she's not my. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <that's laughs> it's so one good. of the best. Best scenes in all of Clone Wars, uh, but yeah. So I, I just I really like this, um, this moment, and because it also reveals like the the tragic flaw of Obi Wan as Anakin's master as his you know mentor that he's just not able to provide real life help for Anakin. There's a part of life Anakin knows that Obi Wan's never known, um, and it creates a rift between them. Not a malicious rift, but a rift nonetheless. Um, so I just, I really like it because Anakin's expressing these real human desires and Obi-Wan really struggles to meet them. Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan is still
1: to some extent a very much by the book Jedi in, in attack of the clones. He starts loosening up in revenge of the Sith. Um, I think once Anakin graduates from being a Padawan to a knight, um, Obi-Wan kind of lets his hair down a little bit. Um, gets rid of that awful mullet. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but, um, I, in this moment, I think you know, you're right. Obi-Wan fails Anakin with, with a, you know, an opportunity that he could have helped. Um, and this just means Anakin is not going to come to Obi-Wan when he has more nightmares about his mother. He's not going to come back. He's going to like, I'm going to have to find help somewhere else or just keep it bottled up. um, but you're right, once, you know, he's very vulnerable about, you know, the nightmares about his mother. And Obi-Wan just says dreams pass in time, almost like he doesn't take it seriously. Not I'm sure Obi-Wan doesn't, that's not his intent, but it's a very casual kind of comment, um, which probably to Anakin feels like it's being a bit dismissive. And no one dismisses his mother. And so, fine, if you're going to be that, you know, casual about, you know, these dreams about I'm having about my mother, I'm going to, you know, throw something in your face and see what you do with it. Um, and I'd much rather dream about Padme. And he says <laughs> that in such a way so that Obi-Wan, you know, in order to rile Obi-Wan up just the right way, you know, because he's like, obviously he's saying, I'd much rather people about Padme for a specific reason. Um, you know, <laughs> and, um, and Obi-Wan is like, ah, 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 no, 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 that's not the Jedi way. Um, which of course changes the subject completely. And Anakin is able to avoid the serious conversation about his mother. Um, which is one of the things I think is his, one of his issues as he continues to progress, um, on his path towards the dark side is that he avoids these serious conversations about things that make him vulnerable. Um, and so here's a, an example of that.
0: Yeah. So, Well, and like you pointed out though, Jason, I think it makes sense as to why he does, you know, why he is at that point when we get to Revenge of the Sith. Because I think this is an instance where it shows what happens when he tries or when he did try and eventually just stopped trying. Yeah. Right. So
2: yeah, that's exactly it. There was there was nobody really for Anakin to take his problems to. Um, you know, by by the end of it, by the end of Revenge of the Sith, he he didn't even think he could come to Padme with his problems. Uh, you know, the the only person that was at all receptive or, and told him what he wanted to hear was mm. Palpatine. By yeah. the end of it, and that's just yeah. that's just awful. And and it's in this scene, this first one with uh, with Anakin and Obi wan where we can see just the foundation of where this is all going wrong. And and you know, not to put all All of the blame on Obi-Wan, of course, you know, Anakin is responsible for his own choices, but, you know, I I, I can't help but feel that if Obi-Wan had maybe opened up about Satine, you know, he he probably was afraid to it, you know, as you were saying, Carl, maybe it would have felt like giving. Anakin permission to have these feelings, you know because I had yeah. them too. I've mm-hmm. gone through this as well, and he and he doesn't want to encourage Anakin
1: at all or or
2: even give the the illusion of supporting this right
1: um, well and, and and if and yeah. if he says you know mm-hmm. this is it's not the Jedi way you shouldn't be doing this you know, be careful mindful about these feelings, mm-hmm. but I do understand what you're talking about because I've had this relationship, then Anakin has the opening to call him a hypocrite,
2: yeah, um, yeah, that too. But that, but then that's the thing. In, in Star Wars, you know, when we act on our fears, you know, when we when when we destroy what we hate instead of saving what we love, when when we act on our fears, that gives rise to the dark side, and that's kind of what Obi Wan's doing here. He is fearful of being honest with Anakin in that way, and if he had acted on his hopes instead, this hope of you know, if I'm vulnerable with him, if I'm honest with him, then maybe they could have worked that through together and come to an understanding. Um but, but he but he just doesn't. He shuts it down instead and and gives rise to the unease and the distrust in Anakin and it all just spirals <laughs> it's, it's no good. Poor Anakin. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is and I do want to say this is a rather benign mm-hmm. sort of interaction between Anakin and Obi Wan as far as, you know, him feeling shut down you know mm-hmm. in a way this is a rather benign moment so yeah. it's not like this is the tipping point between anakin and obi-wan it's not um, no, but it's, it's a
2: foundation yeah. yeah it's a
1: it's a it's an example of probably an ongoing situation anakin feels with
0: all the jedi mm-hmm. um yeah not just obi-wan right so yeah so katie where are we going now from the Balcony of Padmé's pristine apartment on Coruscant. Where do we go next?
2: Let's go to the beautiful, idyllic shores of Naboo. And one of you, one of you's going to have to do this one with me because uh, because I'm not doing this alone. (laughs) And I can't not. We can't not quote this scene. We used to come here for school retreat. We used to swim to that island. I love the water. We would lie in the sand and let the sun dry us and try to guess the names of the birds singing.
0: I don't like sand. It's rough and coarse and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Not like here; everything's soft. Feel my finger and smooth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> On my bare back, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, "No, nope, shouldn't have done that."
0: <laughs> Sorry, m'lady. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Oh, so I confused. love that. Team. Uh, the look on Anakin's face at the end of that scene—he's yeah, so he's confused. So... Yeah, <laughs> he's
2: almost like insulted. Almost the like, way he like wrinkles his nose. He's like, "What? Okay. I, I mean, you kissed me,
1: but all right." <laughs> conflicting emotions happening here. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> anyway, why'd you pick this, Katie?
2: Oh, what Just what a gorgeous scene and just one of my absolute favorites between Anakin and Padme, one of my favorites in Attack of the Clones and favorites in Star Wars, period. Mm. I just I unironically and unabashedly love this scene. Oh, you know, it does not deserve the hate that it gets because I have just such a big place in my heart for it. it it's beautiful. It, it it underscores this this, you know, budgeting romance between our two leads. And and they're just they're being playful together and, and they're sharing stuff about their childhood together and, and you know Padme's was beautiful and idyllic and Anakin's was not and, and yet here they are having a beautiful moment together it's it's a nice scene I like it
1: <laughs> it's such a beautiful location too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yep. it, it's paradise it's lovers in paradise is what it is yeah. um, I mean it's like it's like they conspired to give Anakin and Padme this romantic opportunity, you know, anyway, you know, it didn't matter what. They, they were kind of almost forced into this awkward romance because of, I mean, it's paradise and it's two young people yeah. uh, who obviously have feelings
0: for each other. Um, so, and raging mm-hmm. hormones. Um, <laughs> well, like, not, I hope I'm not being rude here. I'm playing the music from this scene right here in the background, but even listen to it. I mean, there's something... This music is beautiful, but there's also like an innocence to it, right? Like, this is not like heated love, right? No. Or. It's not sexy love. I mean, it, it's, it is romantic it's romantic love, but it's it's a very innocent romantic love, right? romantic and Absolutely. it's passionate, but it's innocent. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. I think it's supposed to be like evocative of those old pastoral romances where it's like we've known each other for an afternoon. We're in love now. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it is. The, mm-hmm. the Attack of the Clones, in many ways, is George mm-hmm. Lucas's homage to classic film.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. There well, is so romance. much...
1: Yeah, classic romance, especially when, with Anakin and Padme. But in, there's other things in Attack of the Clones that go back to classic movies, monster movies, and things like that. You know, that Attack of the Clones is very much steeped in movies of the 30s, 40s, and 50s, mm-hmm. and that's exactly where we get this romance from—is from those movies, and it's being portrayed on screen here um, in this kind of moment. So, it,
2: yeah. I, I feel like, you know, George... Oh, George, I call him like I know him.
1: Like, you know, I mean, he's George. Uncle George for all yeah. of us. Let's be
2: honest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like he he went out of his way to show the... Anakin Padme always had a very innocent love. It, it began when they were children. You know, that's how innocent and and long-lasting this, this love between them is. It's very pure. Um, and, because I think that that just shows how how horribly wrong it all goes by the end of it um you know i think if it had started as this dark lusty thing if if we had right out of the gate been you know forbidden romance it it would not have felt so awful by the end you you would have been like well of course this is where it was going to go it it started as this awful thing but no it starts as this very pure thing and 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 they just want to be together but of course everything gets out of the way and it bec- gets in the way and it becomes this forbidden romance and then it, it just all spirals out of control you know so uh, so yeah i think i think this is very fitting to to just show how pure their love is for each other
1: and i do have to say i think mm-hmm. it is one of the most amusing musical moments in the entire saga is when we get, as they begin to kiss, the across the stars begins to swell and get big. And then, you know, <laughs> Padme breaks it away and the music just kind of goes... Eh. Nope. Now nah. yeah, it's... It's, <laughs> it's almost a record scratch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's... It's amusing and and yet it fits the scene so perfectly too. So, John Williams is pretty pretty good. And I don't I don't know if that was done intentionally by Williams. I think so because of the way it kind of just trickles down really quick. Uh, but it could have just been done in the set, the you know mix editing mix too. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. It is really
2: good. It's it's basically, you know, C three PO blundering in like <laughs> right? interrupting Han Thank and Leia's kiss, Thank except you, you know very there's... much. <laughs> <laughs> or Beckett interrupting
0: yeah. Han and Kira. Am I interrupting <laughs> something? <laughs> kind of. Kind <laughs> of.
1: Kind of. Oh the way the way Alden says kind of is
0: so Han. Yeah. <laughs> oh. poor han (laughs) um no no, so um well we've now we've spent some time on the lovely shore of the naboo lakes jason (laughs) where are we going next
1: we're going back into the shadows of Coruscant. Ooh.
0: Uh,
1: and and I this is the one where your Katie brought it up at the beginning of the show. Um, I'm going back to the the mall and Sidious balcony scene from the Phantom Menace. Yes, um, <laughs> and I know you all have already talked about this, but I saved my thoughts about it for later. And yeah. and, and this is the Phantom Menace. Yes. this is where we really see the title of the movie in action. You know. You've got Palpatine scheming and sending his agent out to do his bidding. This is the Phantom Menace. This is the, you know, the Dark Lord of the Sith hiding in the shadows, manipulating everything. He's in charge of the Trade Federation. He's got this deadly assassin um, at his beck and call to terrify not only the Naboo but the Jedi um, and it will ultimately lead to the destruction of the Order which is his whole point Ah, mm. uh, here we go Tatooine is sparsely populated If the trace is correct, I will find them quickly Master, move against the Jedi first. You will then have no difficulty in taking the Queen back to Naboo to sign the treaty. The last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi at last we'll have revenge. You well trained by young apprentice. There will be no match for you. <laughs> End scene. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's, it's a short scene. It's a very short scene. But it is so integral to the overall plot of the saga as a whole. But the prequels in particular. Uh, because this shows us. Who's really who we should really be afraid of, who Mm -hmm. we should really be watching for, and nobody really knows to look for him until Revenge of the Sith when it's too late. Yeah, Uh, it's the Trade Federation, it's Darth Maul, it's Count Dooku and the Separatists, it's Grievous. Oh, it's Darth Sidious. Yeah. (laughs) And by the time you realize it's Darth Sidious, he's already sitting there in his emperor's throne room going, Master Yoda, you survived. (laughs) Um, You know. (laughs) Uh, So he's such a brilliant evil genius. Um, And this is the scene that really gives us the audience a peek into that and tells us as the audience, this is who you should be watching for. Not, not Maul, not the Trade Federation, Is this guy. Not to say that Maul isn't integral to that, Katie, but because <laughs> but he is. Who
2: killed the master or the apprentice?
1: <laughs> the apprentice, because yes. <laughs> the master still there sitting at the same funeral that you're pondering this question at. Um, so. <laughs> But yeah, no, I I, I love this scene because Palpatine is one of my favorites, let's be honest. Um, And so this is the moment where we really, you know, get an idea of exactly the kind of of plan that he has in motion.
0: Yeah. Well, I I don't have anything else to add at this point because we've already (laughs) talked about it. But I like I, it.
2: Lo- I love that we quoted this scene twice. Now that I'm on the podcast, <laughs> it's just gonna be quoting mall scenes at least <laughs> at least twice an episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. This is an unexpected move for her. It's too aggressive. Lord Moore, be mindful. Let them make the first move.
2: Yes, my master.
1: <laughs> there you go. I think we've used all of Maul's lines from The Phantom Menace now.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: All three of them.
1: Three. <laughs> all three of them. So. All right. Love it. Carl,
0: are we staying on Coruscant or are we venturing off-world? We are venturing off-world to our <gasps> first and only moving balcony scene over <gasps> the snow planet of Verine. Vardos <laughs> uh, so- shocking right um, so- I think it's Vardos no it's Varine right isn't that the planet on Solo the snow planet I think you're Savarin? mixing Vardos and Savarine
2: Savarin. yeah, Savarine's the snow, the snow planet, right? no that's the uh, no sand planet. no that's the yeah you're right
0: is it Vardos I didn't realize that's the name of it I've oh, only sorry.
2: seen that movie sorry. six times
0: Vandor, Vandor, Vandor. that's right uh... I knew it had a V um,
2: I can't wait to have this movie on video so that uh, I can have all this stuff memorized.
0: Same here, Katie.
1: Same <laughs> yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's why. That's why my my Han Solo official guide is within arm's reach of my podcasting computer. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I I absolutely love this moment. Now, to be fair, uh, I don't remember which Larryan it was that that pointed out that it is a balcony scene. Um, but I'm so appreciative of who, whoever did. It I might think have been it, it might have been Jeff Fishbach. It was. Either, yeah, yeah, it might have been Jeff, or it could have been Philip. I don't remember. Anyway, you know who you are, and I thank you. Um, but because I Carl love, has run with that ever since. Yes, indeed. Um, and it is. I mean, it is a balcony scene. I love this moment um, for lots of reasons, which I will now share. Um, first off, <laughs> the fact that they're on a. a I love the visual. Again, Bradford Young does such a beautiful job shooting this film. And just, again, like them coming into the light, like as they're coming through the clouds and they're, you know, in this snowy but sunny landscape. The snow is pristine and white. um, And it just it makes me think of I think it's in the book of Isaiah where it talks about something, how God will remember their sins no more and they shall be as white as the snow. Um, right. It's 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 kind of this symbolic language about being made new and fresh and clean. And in a way, to me, that's kind of what the scene is about for Han and Chewie. They're on their way to becoming something new and fresh and 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 better than what was before. Um, and clean, considering this is right after their shower. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. By the way, my, um,
2: the
0: the. I want to cosplay as the Han from the balcony scene of Solo. By the way, just basically, I can wear anything I yeah? want. And just get a big like cloak to put around me. Um, yeah, do it. <laughs> that's the Solo oh I want to. I want to cosplay as. Um, yeah. But I love. I love the moment because even just the general vibe of it. It's. It just reminds me very much of like what it's like that first time you meet like someone you know who's going to be a best friend, right? There's just this camaraderie that's so. Intrinsic between these two characters um, in that moment. And just the way they can share in the witty banter. You know, the first thing though Han says is, Thanks for helping me out back there. I love this because, first off, Han's not so darn cocky to believe that he did this on his own. Secondly, right. and again, this is right the one thing that everyone who watched the movie noticed wasn't theirs. Han doesn 't then expect anything in return, right? There is never a mention of a life dead. This could have been the first instance for that potential conversation, but no han doesn't Han doesn't say thank you um, and you know he helps him as well like it's not like I, Han doesn't expect anything out of Chewie. What I love though then is chewie is't we obviously don't know exactly what chewie says, but Han quickly shoots back, "No, they only took you because of me <laughs> right and like right. Th- Whatever Chewie says, but however Han responds, again this there's just a camaraderie that is so freeing between the two of them. And I think the the line that I appreciate most in this particular scene is when you know Han does share. You know, like I put together a really sweet deal here for us. You know, we get some real money, and then we can be free. When was the last time you could say that? Chewie says something, and to which Han replies, "It's been a while for me too." That scene of the twelve times I saw it in theaters, nine out of twelve times I was either teary-eyed or crying, um, and I love it because I just it, these are people who just want so bad to be free, and there's nothing more human than wanting to be free from something. I mean, you know, what that could, what freedom from is going to look different for every person. Um, but I totally get what it's like to really want to be free of something that still nags at you. Um, And Han and Chewie in this moment express their shared desire to be more free. And I think in that moment, they recognize they can get there together. Um, So I love it. It's, It's this scene where our most iconic duo, in a way, exchange their first intimate moment. And it's beautiful. And it's everything I wanted. So thank you, Mr. Howard. Actually, thank you, Mr. Kasdan, because you wrote it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um,
1: thank you to the whole entire cast and crew of Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this, this is a great scene. Um, I, I love this scene. I'm not going to have nearly as much to say about it as you. It was close to making my list, but not quite. Um, but it, it is such a great scene because they do get to get to the the nitty-gritty of it all, and and talk about, you know, the, the freedom aspect, which is one of the big themes of Solo and how that, and it's really great to see how that brings these two characters together, the desire to be free brings Han and Shui together um, into a, a situation and a partnership where they, you know, team up to achieve that freedom. Um, but, again, it's all punctuated by these witty comments, you know, from the, you know, No, no, no. They only came back because of me. Um, And the, you know, well, I ain't saying that, you know, you're going to need a nickname, because I'm not saying that every time, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you get these little witty moments interspersed with the actual, you know, the depth of the conversation um, that really helps to give us an idea of what these two are going to be like together for the rest of their lives. So, um yeah. it's a great scene. And, it's a beautiful scene. But yeah, I I don't have much else to say about
0: it. I'm really glad you mentioned the whole thing about him saying I mean you're going to need a nickname. Right? We only give <laughs> nicknames to people we really care about. Right? If if Han really does think that like after this little deal they're just going to go their separate ways, there'd be no reason to give him a nickname. You know, I think even Han feels it in his bones this guy he's going to be around for a little bit. So I got to call yeah. him something. Right. Um, and he's making it sound light and like, oh, I'm just doing this for me, right? The convenience of making things easier for me. No, he's doing it because he already cares about him. Yeah. He likes this guy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) By the way, sorry to like mentioning Solo just gets me excited. (laughs) Um,
2: good, good.
0: (laughs) I, I really just want to harp on how much I love their the way they meet in this movie and how much it's not what we got in Legends. It's not to belittle Legends. I mean, I've always loved the Legends story. I still have a soft spot for it. I like this just so immensely more because of the agency of both characters choosing one another. There's Mm -hmm. never any sort of stipulation of you owe me this or I owe you that. It's just because that's not a friendship. Right? That's not a friendship. That's an indentured yeah. servantship. You know? Yeah. And I don't yeah. think that's ever what Chewie was to Han, even in the legends. But in a way, that's on the surface what it kind of was. Um, right. Here, it's just like these two characters choosing each other. And, and that's just so darn important.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, there's, there's few things like more meaningful, I think, than when two people choose to walk a path together you know and they step into something with eyes open you know it's it 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 is really it's nice the agency as you say of both of them um coming together and and they're gonna build this friendship is very beautiful and the the only reason this this scene wasn't on my list is because i knew it was going to be on yours (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, I, I know what you mean about watching the scene and just wanting to cry. It, it it didn't get me. It never quite got me. Um if I was gonna cry in solo I, I start crying for L three. That's that's where the water works come for me. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't there wasn't a single time where i watched solo and i did and i got out of that movie you know with, with dry eyes like it <laughs> didn't happen <laughs> but but i did watch the scene and my heart just ached for them because they want so badly to be free but in this moment they are free aren't mm. they that the, the wind is blowing you know through them and they're just flying over everything they they are free and you know they they can do what they want they feel like they can't but that power that the ability to choose is inside of them. It just takes them a while to see it, and and that's why my heart just absolutely aches for them, and you know, and I and I almost cry because I just want to say, take it, the freedom. It's right there. You don't need anyone's permission. It's yours. Take it. And you know, they're they're on their way. They're taking those first steps, but they're not. They're just not there yet. It's and it is. It's very beautiful. It's a good. It's a good moment. <laughs> All right. <Yep. laughs>
1: well, I think. <laughs> is that Sorry. the is that the
0: bendams yoda carl you know it <laughs> best yoda there is bendam yoda oh. Oh, i think he just broke his arm off katie. i did
2: break his arm off <laughs> okay. i no, i'm waving Darth Maul in front of my so of camera. course she's
0: so excited she broke his arm off yeah. right yeah. so you mentioned the <laughs> quote earlier katie right where you you know you um we save what we don't you know oh my gosh why am i screwing up this quote save what you love <laughs> not fight which Fudge, what Don't. is it?
2: Hmm?
0: What's that the, quote? The oh, Rose's line.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we save what we love instead of fighting what we hate. Right. Yeah.
0: So, But for Katie, it's destroy what you love.
2: Yeah, <laughs> You love it so much you just start breaking it. Yeah. <laughs> That's me with Torz small.
1: <laughs> well, Katie, we're now going to... No gonna wonder s- he's so scarred by the time we see him again. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Uh, So, Katie, we're going to go now from the the moving balcony of an AT hauler over the snowy planet of Vandor (laughs) to where? Vandor.
2: Good job. (laughs) We're going to the Cloud City on Bespin. Oh. Yeah. We gotta. If we're talking about balconies, we gotta. (laughs) If only you knew the power of the dark side. Obi Wan never told you about your father.
1: He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No.
2: I am your father.
1: Say what <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a great balcony. I won't I won't accept any other answer. Like that that's a balcony. You can try to be like, no, it's a catwalk. No. No. It's a balcony. <laughs> He's standing over over the railing. Luke is crawling away from him. <laughs> 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 it is a balcony, saith I. <laughs> what, a, what a great scene! Just um, you know, uh, we were talking earlier about these, you know, like uh, like with Jin, you know, these balcony scenes, you know, like de- Jin like declared herself, you know, and, and we have these so many balcony scenes that are about, you know, the intimacy between two characters and revealing who they are, and then this, Vader is revealing to Luke. The truth that is your family. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is this was the game changer, wasn't it? This is where we found out like what like we thought we knew what the story was about, but it's like, no, this is the story we're telling, and it and it did not go the way you think. <laughs> this is not going
1: to go the way you think.
2: <laughs> I know I lived it
1: <laughs> right after you right cut off my head. <laughs> I oh, my father was oh, dead. But you cut off my hand. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's from the Star Wars gangster rap. Oh, my God. <laughs> I still have that stuck in my head. Now we have it stuck in some of our Larian's heads, too. But yeah. We got that tweet this week. So um, No, it's anyway. not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the east or the west side. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not the north or the south side. No, it's not. It's the dock. <laughs> Side. you are correct. I'm going to stop before we get too far afield, um, because we are way off from the the balcony," saith Katie um, of the Empire Strikes Back.
2: <laughs> like Luke, we just threw ourselves over the side. I'm yeah. done. I can't right. handle this. I'm out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! But no, it's a great it's a great scene. Obviously, and it is one of the most iconic. Scenes in the entire franchise, if not the most iconic. I think the only thing that might be more iconic is the um, the twin sun, yeah, uh, sunset. Um, but this is such a powerful moment, um, not only for us, the audience, but for the characters, because it completely shakes Luke's world to the core, mm-hmm. um, and it finally is something Vader anakin can say out loud you know something he's suspected for a while at least you know if we you know believe the comics and everything and how he's discovered luke's name early on and he's at least suspected is this you know could this have been my son you know he's obviously you know been from tatooine Raised by the Lars, is, which is odd. Um, <laughs> is he related to me? I don't know. And then, of course, we find out that um, Afra actually talks to the Undertaker <laughs> who did Padme's funeral. And yes. Um, and so he knows for sure by that point. Um, but uh, so it, it, it shakes and rocks Luke's world completely. And it is actually finally something that Vader can lay claim to. You know, he's never had something up until this point really that he can lay claim to and say, "This is me, this is who I am, this is my own, you know, because he's the the, the guard dog of Palpatine, you know, and he's is ordered around according to Palpatine's whim and is always reminded that he is Palpatine's lap dog, that he is subservient. And he is his slave, um and so this is kind of where Vader kind of steps out
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um, but it's a great scene, you know that, again, the icon the iconography of this scene is just so ingrained not only in Star Wars but in our pop culture, so I'm glad you brought it up,
2: yeah, well, you got it, and I just um. What was I going to say? Oh, you're talking about you know how Vader like you know claims Luke like as his own. It, it's also this is the moment where Vader's like fervor for Luke and you know his like insistence that you know you're going to join me, you know this like obsession that Vader has for Luke, um, you know comes into sharp relief. Suddenly we have context. It's because you know this is this is your son, you know, and and it it really does changed the way we looked at everything he did up until this point well,
1: that obsession he had for padme comes mm-hmm. back
0: for force mm-hmm.
2: here mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. i was just thinking the that same thing it. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and that's also the word used in the opening crawl obsessed with finding skywalker yes right? yeah so good um, yeah. anakin has been known to be obsessive
1: mm-hmm. that is true Just <laughs> a little just a,
0: just a wee bit uh-huh. you get anything you want to say about this carl I it's such a powerful scene. Um, And I think I actually think this I mean, in the context of 1980, this scene is mostly about Luke. But -hmm. I think pulled back now, 30 years later, with everything that we have, right, the full story. And even according to George, the story of Anakin Skywalker. um, I can't help but actually mostly just focus on Vader in this scene. Oh absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. this is very much about him pleading for his son to be with him. Um and you know, I've always I've always loved that line of, you know, um you don't know the power of the dark side. Like Vader is such a slave to it. He's such an addict, right? You know, I mean, it's he there's and he even says, you know, um it's the only way. And I mean that I think that line has a double meaning. It's very practical and literal in the moment like it is the only way or death. Also, though, invaders mind and his warped broken mind. The only way forward is to embrace the dark side, right? It's the only way to really become powerful. Um, So it's just this really big moment. Now, Jason, I know you don't watch Game of Thrones. Katie, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, I watched the Game of Thrones. Okay, so I've been <laughs> re-watching that uh, over mm-hmm. my vacation. I just watched the epi- an episode today where um, Queen Cersei, so I apologize if you're not a Game mm-hmm. of Thrones person, and or if you're like new to it. This is kind of a spoiler, so heads up. Um, <laughs> but Cersei's talking about how their daughter Marcella is killed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's talking with Jamie, and she makes—I forgot this line—is it's—it's one of those few moments where I actually feel like I could care about Cersei because she's overall just like oh, horrible. I love um, her; she's my queen. Oh my gosh, she's <laughs> the worst. I hope she dies.
2: <laughs> of course, I love her. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes—that makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but in this very revealing scene for her, she makes this—she makes this—you know—point that. So her young daughter Marcella, who's murdered, she says. That girl was so innocent, good, and pure. I really believe that if something that good came from me, that maybe I, too, still have something good in me. And I I just like that really took me back because it just and it makes me think now this isn't particularly that moment in Empire, more so probably the end of Return of the Jedi. But, right, that's probably going through Anakin's head of like if I can be responsible for bringing someone this good into the world, I must still have that goodness
2: that's exactly it that's in the return of the jedi novel oh it is. where yeah anakin has that thought where he's like this boy came from me and he's so good and he came from me so that there must be something good in me to bring him into this world you know and that's that was that's exactly what cersei is saying in game of thrones where she's just like you know she she's She doesn't have a very good opinion of herself and she is always acting terrible, but her daughter was so good. Yeah, she's the worst. <laughs> I love her, but she's the worst. <laughs> and she's like, but, but my daughter, Marcella was so sweet. And so I thought that maybe there was some good in me too, you know, for, for me to make something like that. And it, that's, yeah, that's exactly what Anakin is thinking. And, and he wants, he wants that in this moment. He wants to grasp it and take it and claim it. And Luke's just like, nah, <laughs> I'm not, nah, bro, No. nah, nah. Bro. I'm not following you down your path of evil. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm stronger than you. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Now, Jason, we go from the shaky, windy balcony of the deep interior of Cloud City to where?
1: (laughs) Back to a forest moon, except this time we are not in a treehouse. We are in an industrial landing platform and this is of course that conversation between luke and vader when luke confronts his father and and says you know i know you were once anakin skywalker my father that name no longer has any meaning for me you know it's the name of your true self you've only forgotten uh and 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 luke really luke shows anakin his hand shows him all his cards this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to bring you back. I'm here to redeem you. And and Vader initially is very resistant. You know, but then by the end of the scene he goes it's it's too late for me, son. You know, he it's it's he's resigned to his fate. He believes he really truly believes it's too late for him. He believes there's no hope for redemption and the The concept of redemption is so foreign to Anakin because he's hated himself so much for the last 20 plus years. You know, ever since he, you know, killed Padme. Yeah. (laughs) There is no way Anakin wouldn't hate himself. And, you know, locked away in this prison of a suit you can only imagine the nightmares he has every day you know even waking nightmares i'm sure um and so when when luke comes and and tries to to bring out anakin from within vader it obviously doesn't take it first but he's planted a seed he's shaken something loose and we see vader almost reeling from the discussion at the end of the scene where he goes and leans on the railing to try and wrap his mind around what has just happened and what the possibilities from this could be. And it obviously, you know, sinks in and and has an effect because, you know, he does turn later in in the movie and defeating the emperor. But this is one of the most powerful moments, I think in return of the Jedi. And And I think, you know, that, Return of the Jedi sometimes gets a, a bad rap amongst the original trilogy, but there are moments like this, like the the scene between uh, Luke and Leia, uh, and like the, you know, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me, that are, you know, some of the best written scenes in Star Wars, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And and I absolutely, you know, as a unabashed Return of the Jedi fan, it's my favorite <laughs> of the Star Wars movies. Um, oh, dang, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Favorite nice. Star Wars movie right here, Return of the Jedi, um, and I I love it so much, and so this scene is just so powerful to me, because this is Luke's attempt to turn Vader, and I think he hopes to turn Vader here and now, and maybe avoid having to confront the Emperor, or maybe the two of them go up to the Death Star as a team, you know, uh. I think he would rather avoid dealing with the Emperor, you know, solo, you know, you know on his own um, and have to deal with his father as well. I think he wants to turn Vader right here on, on the moon, uh, yeah. on Endor, And and this is where we really fully get also a look into what Luke is trying to accomplish. He's not trying to kill Vader, you wow. know, as, as Obi-Wan said he should he's got another plan in mind and this is where we see fully how he has grown beyond his masters like like you said earlier carl um and why he is the perfect person to lead the fledgling jedi into the future post return of the jedi you know until kylo decides to <laughs> end it all but um but yeah, no, I, this is by far my favorite balcony scene. Um, I love this scene so much. Um, it's my favorite, and I don't have much else to say. So, there you go.
2: Yeah. No, I totally agree. I, I also love Return of the Jedi an awful lot. It's it's my third, third favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad it's your number one, though. That's great. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's very earnest, Luke's Luke's plea. Um, uh, what does he say? He says, uh, "It's the name of your true self you've only forgotten." I, I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. That's so. That's so earnest, and and I I could just scream about that scene forever. <laughs> Honestly, that just that one line in particular. Um, you know, Luke trying to you know convince vader that that he still has a choice but of course you know vader feels like he doesn't you know I, I i'm i was evil once i'm evil now and that means i'll be evil forever you know there there's no coming back from any of this but luke's like know that again that power is inside of you you can make a choice and uh, and it's so earnest and and lovely it 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 Again, I, I can only think of a way to describe it is to say that it aches inside of me because it touches something very true, yeah. very real. And that's what Star Wars should do, really. It should. It should touch things that are true inside yeah. of us.
1: And the final line that Luke mm-hmm. tells Vader, you know, when Vader says, it's too late for me, son. And then Luke says, I guess my father is truly dead. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Luke fully believes that, but it's the mindset he's going to have to go with in order to complete the mission now, and he's le- leaving that ball in Vader's court now. Yeah. Like, well, for me, it's, if, if if this if what you're saying is true, this is how I have to treat the situation. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let me, you deal with that. Now.
2: I, I think about it. I think about Padme. Honestly, you know, the man that created Luke and Leia, you know, with love with Padme, you know that that man isn't Darth Vader and that man isn't, you know, the, all these evil things that he's done, you know? And, and if he can't come back from that, then, then Luke's father, the person that made him with Padme is truly dead. You know, that, that's how I interpret that line, honestly. Yeah. Oh.
0: What you got, Carl? I mean, I don't really care for this scene, so um, oh, no! <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, d- Carl is lying. I love this scene. Right
2: into my heart, Carl. How
1: Um, dare you? Nine one (laughs) one. Katie, Katie just died.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I I took it seriously for like a half second. I was like, what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, no. This is you guys both said anything really that I would want to say. You know, and and we've had the you know we've been able to talk about this scene a lot in in the past. Um, Yeah but it's so good because, and it's really, it's the inverse, right? Of what you were just talking about in your scene, Katie. Mm -hmm. Now you have kind of the exact same motif there in empire. It's Vader trying to turn Luke. And now in Jedi, it's Luke trying to turn Vader. Um, And now this is going to be a very selfish plug. And I apologize, but I remember recording a mini episode on that very thing, like a year ago, um, Mm -hmm. kind of contrasting how the dark side calls and how the light side calls. And essentially, like, the dark side calls and tries to corrupt you to become, you know, powerful and and, and self-assertive. But when the light calls you, it calls you to be your truest self, Um, you know. Uh, But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, so it's very interesting that you guys have these back-to-back. Katie loves power. Um, That's what I'm learning. (laughs) That's
2: accurate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um and I'm such a good-hearted person. <laughs> I'm such a boy scout. No, like li- literally and figuratively. Um,
2: I'm, I'm like I'm Kylo Ren like standing on the bridge like more more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the time.
0: <laughs> oh, no! it's so good because it is the this is the moment where Luke appeals to the truth of who Anakin is and he knows that it's still in there. Um and uh Yeah, I mean he's he's not afraid at all, and and this to him is the moment where he's going to try to really convert Vader, Um, and I think his hope is that maybe they can go confront the Emperor together um, and deal with it together. Um, But he's not going to strike his father down, which is then obviously epitomized once they get on board Death Star Two. But yeah, I don't to be yeah. I don't really have much else to say because you guys have both said such wonderful things. Um, And it is. It's just such a great moment um, where I think it's the first moment in the entire originals where we really do visibly see Anakin. And I think we get that in two specific moments. The first moment is when his back is to Luke and he says, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Right? That's him as Anakin. Right? Like, that's not him remembering Obi-Wan with resentment, but just simply with, like, kind of like a forlorn loss, right? And then turning and kind of very tragically saying, you don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master, right? Like, again, this dude's a slave. He's, you know, he's been reduced to the very thing he never wanted to be. Um, And then, obviously, once Luke is carted off, you know, the famous... Scene where he leans on the the balcony, and then there's that sigh. Like you, they actually make Vader sigh. Um, that's yeah. Anakin. That's not Vader. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just, the original it's, helmet it, acting. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So. So. Yeah. Ugh, so good. Awesome.
1: <laughs> All
0: right, Carl. So we we're
1: leaving uh, the tree the tree forest of Endor, where we ended up
0: back on Coruscant. I think you know. I mean in my heart
2: what does your heart tell
0: you oh whoops did I just play a clip (laughs) damn right (laughs) Annie, I want to have
1: our baby back home on Naboo we can go to the lake country where no one will know where we can be safe I can go early and fix up the baby's room
2: I know the perfect spot, right by the gardens.
0: You're so beautiful.
1: It's only because I'm so in love.
0: No, (laughs) no, it's because I'm so in love with you.
1: So love has blinded you? (laughs)
0: Well, that's not exactly what I meant. That's probably true so raise your hand if you're surprised
2: <laughs> both of my hands are in the air no <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: nobody is surprised at all, at
0: all Carl yeah. oh. uh, it, I you know I mean this is to me the, this is the OG balcony scene um, <laughs> it uh, doesn't get any better <laughs> than this as powerful and as great as everything we've talked about and there are other ones that are also great this will <laughs> probably forever be my favorite balcony scene in Star Wars oh. um, and I, I've just I've loved this scene for so long now to be fair, I probably rolled my eyes at it the first time I saw it in theaters because like you know like the acting's a little wooden like the lines the lines are cheesy as heck, and I still think that like the acting's not great the lines are cheesy. the thing that really just captivated me after multiple viewings. First and foremost is the scenery. You know, um, mm-hmm. Coruscant, yeah. and, and, and again, you see, so, you know, the moment where he's having this discussion with Obi Wan Attack of the Clones, it's that same balcony. Um, so, just in three years, you can just see how amazingly advanced the technology became. Um, yeah. Revenge of the Sith, Coruscant at Night looks so real to me. Um, both Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, like as good as those graphics are, they're still to me. There's still so many times where I'm like, these are clearly computer graphics. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, it looks like they're on a city balcony. Like I don't doubt it for a second. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that really captivated me is the music. It's my favorite rendition of Across the Stars. It's it's just I don't know. It's just very simple and beautiful, and it's this magical moment before everything falls apart right it's the calm before the storm it's kind of this garden of eden experience where you have these two lovers just dreaming out loud about their future together they're not thinking about how that's going to how they're going to get there right like the the frustration of the fact that you know he's a jedi she's a senator they're not letting themselves be concerned by the practical problems here they're j- just simply being together Enjoying the moment and dreaming out loud, and this is this, I love that sorry i didn 't mean to interrupt you No,
1: good, but <laughs> this is like the only moment we get where they really kind of both fully embrace and are looking forward to the idea of being parents you know I've, you know they're obviously they 're expressing their love for each other, but it is all revolving around the idea. Of They're going to be parents. They've got a child coming, you know, and this is, you know, for them, one of the most beautiful things to symbolize their relationship together is the fact that they have this this child that's going to be born, and Padme is dreaming about how she wants to set up the nursery and all this stuff, and that is what makes Anakin call her beautiful not the fact that she's brushing her hair against <laughs> the 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 backdrop of the city of coruscant the fact that she's talking about you know wanting to to be a mother to their child and, and wanting to to make everything perfect and wonderful and everything and the, the idea that they they're they're having a domestic conversation all the other conversations we have involve galactic politics you know universe, you know, galaxy-shaking events, that sort of thing. Um, Obviously, we have the romantic scenes between the two of them, but it's always like, well, but what about the Jedi? What about you being a senator and this sort of stuff? Um, But this this is like one of the only domestic conversations we ever get in Star Wars. And it's a beautiful little moment, a glimpse at what could have been. They're cheesy, they're head over heels in love with each other, they're both really really enjoying the idea and embracing the idea of being parents i would have loved to have seen the two of them as parents you know <laughs> <laughs> raising and there's that um that web uh, someone who does i forget if it's a web comic or just someone who who does this artwork online that's you know explores that that idea and there's she she draws Anakin and Padme as parents with little Luke and little Leia doing getting into all sorts of mischief and um there's some of the most adorable sweet you know drawings I've seen
0: yeah
2: Um, I've seen those too like the Uh, one where they're all like cuddled up on the couch together mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) yeah after a long day yeah yeah,
2: in front of the holonet
1: (laughs) <laughs> and the one where Luke and Leia are messing with Anakin's lightsaber. Oh and yeah. <laughs> Anakin's like, oh my god, reaching for it and Padme's in the background, oblivious. Um so
0: <laughs>
1: But yeah, I know it uh I wanted to see that. Yeah, but unfortunately it was not to be. But this is this is the only real glimpse we get into that. And and I know Carl, that's one of the reasons why you love this. So yeah. uh it's such yeah, a beautiful same a beautiful scene, you know? Yeah. Yes. Dialogue is cheesy as hell. <laughs> yes. It's a little wooden, but I mean, let's give them a break. They haven't talked to each other in months. <laughs> uh, and Anakin
0: was never good with words when it came to romance. So let's, Yeah. You know. no, I don't, I don't mind the dialogue. Like it, it's, I, I, it's, it's, per, it's perfectly fitting for the two of them. Yes. Um, and, and by the know, way, I know couples who
1: talk to each other in that cheesy speak anyways. Oh, yeah. So this is not n- unusual. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Everything you were saying about how this is a look, a glimpse at what could be, that's that's what makes me cry about it. <laughs> I can't watch the scene without, like, sobbing. Just because, um, you know, it, it really is this... It, <sighs> they they should have they could have had it all <laughs> but it all it all fell apart. And that's you know, there's a beautiful tragedy in that. And I do remember the first time I saw this movie. I, I don't think I, I... I think I cried throughout the entire thing because you know it was you know this was supposed to be the last Star Wars movie, and mm. Padme is just there dreaming about being a mother she's you know just being girly and and dreaming about having her baby and it was such a lovely little dream that I just knew wasn't meant to be like we all know how this movie ends. It's like the Titanic's gonna sink, I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> and, right. and it just and the the tragedy of it just you know made i was I was wheezing, I was crying so hard. <laughs> but what I what I what makes my heart sore about this scene, you know, of course is the tragedy, but what I just absolutely love so much is that, you know, we we've gone through three movies now where Padme is always immaculate. Her hair is always perfect. Her makeup is always spot on. And and of course, you know, she's she's Natalie Portman and she's in a movie. She still looks amazing, but this is Padme at her frumpiest, Her hair is frizzy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she's not. She doesn't have all of that glamorous, you know, queen makeup on her face. She's she,
1: just. She's got the maternity nightrobe.
2: Yeah, know. exactly. I mean, it's still evening wear. Let's be right. real. It's got I mean, like all those <laughs> jewels and beads, the beads on it. The yeah, front. Yeah, like there's no way. There's no way she's sleeping in that. It's not. <laughs> it's, there's no way it's comfortable. But you know, she she is compared to her other look. She is very frumpy. And Anakin's looking at her and telling her that she is so beautiful, that uh, my heart just sings because, you know, I I do know what it's like to be a a woman and tired at the end of the day. And I take all my makeup off and then somebody tells me that I'm beautiful. I can't. That's I, you know, that's the end of it. You
1: know? like, I do want to clarify that your mm-hmm. husband is the one who tells you that, not like exactly. some yes. hobo on the street.
2: No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like take off my makeup and step outside and be like, "Somebody tell me I'm pretty." <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just that that feeling to to be at your absolute, you know, not to be all made up and beautiful and ready to you know go outside and face the world, but indoors and at your frumpiest, and and someone still thinks that you are. So beautiful! Oh, my heart! I just it sings for those two, and it it does feel very real. Everybody says, "Oh, that's so cheesy. It's so wooden." I'm like, "No, it's real. That is a real couple to me." Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, bring us home, Carl. Yeah. Well, you know, and it doesn't get any better than that so <laughs> so you know there you there you are folks uh, those are some of our favorite uh balcony scenes which i'm sure none of you obsessively think about the way we do um but as <laughs> always
2: going to now yeah going i know to now.
0: <laughs> but as always i definitely encourage you to share some of your your favorite balcony scenes especially if they weren't mentioned on the episode because there there are still several more um you know, so definitely let us know some of your favorite balcony scenes,
1: yeah, absolutely and And I just want to point out that I love the fact that Carls and my lists are so very different, like they usually are. Uh, <laughs> mine deal with the the plot of the overall saga and how everything moves on moves along and gets started or finished or whatever. And Carl's just like, but these character moments though um, <laughs> <laughs> and and that is one of the the big differences in the way that carl and i love star wars and so i just i love that that's been highlighted here and katie you're somewhere in the middle so you know <laughs> Darth
2: small i'm on right. brand <laughs> Darth small and girl power hashtag
1: <laughs> there you go oh man so yeah that's gonna wrap up our discussion here um what it you got anything else, Carl? I want to make sure we well, don't just, get anything. Yeah,
0: just remember, um, we will post this on social media, so be sure to let us know your favorite musical moment from Force Awakens. That's it. And
1: uh, Carl, if people want to weigh in on topic or weigh in on our poll, where can they do that?
0: Well, they can do it over on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at Wampas Lair. Um, you can find us on Facebook um, at Wampas Lair Podcast. You can always send us emails at Gmail at gmail.com. And, of course, if you want to support the page on our Patreon and get many weekly episodes, head over to patreon.com slash wampaslayerpodcast. Oh, and real quick, also, be sure to leave us a, a review in the iTunes store if you haven't done so. Um, we haven't had one in a little bit, so just a reminder, that really helps the show um, be more visible to other folks. So if you haven't had a chance to write us a review in iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. We would. And Katie, uh, if people want to get in talk
1: with uh, touch with you and, and talk in all caps on Twitter with you, where can <laughs> I do that?
2: <laughs> yes, please come hit me up on Twitter at PoeHotDameron.
1: Yes. All right. Anything else from my two illustrious co-hosts? I think that'll wrap it up. Right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 294, Balcony oh balcony. For Carl and Katie, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair.